Today we're closing out our series called uh, Bold. And what we've been looking at is those first seven chapters of the book of Acts. And we've been looking at how the the apostles were bold in their proclamation uh, of Jesus rising from the dead and now ascended up to heaven. And what we've seen is how the Christian church has has really exploded with growth. Uh, We saw in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost how Peter preached. He got up in front of everyone and he preached that who Jesus was, what the people did to Jesus, and what Jesus did for the people. And 3,000 people at one time became Christians. We've seen that they stood before the chief priests and, and the Jewish leaders and they proclaimed Jesus. And even though the chief priests and the leaders didn't become Christians, people who heard did. The church was continuing to grow and grow. And yet as we close out this series, we are going to see that uh, it wasn't always the case that the church just grew. In fact, we're going to see pushback today. And we're going to see Stephen pay the ultimate price for preaching Jesus. If you remember back to last week, Stephen was one of those seven men that the apostles chose to uh, be in uh, in charge and have the responsibility of of taking care of the widows of the church. Uh, In the first century, the widows didn't work. Women, in general, didn't really work, at least enough to support themselves. And so, if their uh, husband died, widows relied on the church to take care of their needs. And so the apostles put in charge seven men uh, to take care of the widows, to have that responsibility. And Stephen was one of those men. We're told he was full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. And and he demonstrated that uh, when all the Jews came to uh, test him and debate with him. And we're told that Stephen was so wise that he'd often win the debates and the Jewish people would go away wondering, how did they just lose? And Stephen proved again and again how Jesus was the Savior that was promised. And so finally, the Jewish people, they got upset at the end of chapter 6. And at the end of chapter 6, they arrested Stephen. And they brought him before the Jewish ruling council called the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin put him on the defense. They said, stand up, and what do you have to say for yourself? And Stephen, in all of chapter 7, has this lengthy sermon 54 verses long. And uh, what he does is he starts in the Old Testament with Moses and he walks through the Old Testament scriptures, which the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, all agreed with. They said, yeah, that's, this is the Old Testament that he's explaining. We agree with you. And they were on the same page until Stephen closes out his sermon by saying this. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now, you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. In other words, Jewish people, you have been wanting the Messiah, you've been waiting for him, and now you've murdered him. You have murdered him, and you have betrayed him. And here's how the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, responded. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, 
They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. When Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached Jesus, 3,000 people (coughs) believed that Jesus was their Savior. And on that day, Peter said, You killed the Messiah. He said that. Pretty much the same thing that Stephen did. And yet when Stephen said it, look how the people responded. They were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. They, they clenched their teeth because they were so angry. I picture them kind of balling up their fists too and they're so angry at Stephen. How would you react if you were Stephen in this situation? Surrounded by a mob of men who are so angry at you for preaching Jesus that they are, you can literally see that they are furious at you. If it was me, I would have said, well, I told you God's, God's word. You didn't like it. I'm looking for the nearest exit. I'm looking to run in the direction that's going to put the most distance between me and the, and the crowd because this is not good. I'd be filled with fear. I'd be panicking. I would be looking to change my circumstance to find peace and happiness and security because it's not found in this mob that is surrounding me. And yet, look what Stephen did. He looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. So here's your first point this morning. Fix your eyes on heaven to find peace, security, and happiness. The New Testament was written originally written in Greek. That was the original language that it was written in. And and the Greek word for look, when Stephen looked up to heaven, is is a Greek word, uh, anatissos. And it means more than just look. It it really means to stare at continuously and, and to not take your gaze off of it. Not take your stare off of heaven. To lock it in, so to speak. And that's what Stephen does. In the midst of this mob who's angry at him, so furious, he doesn't take his focus off of heaven. Instead, he fixes his eyes there. And as he fixes his eyes at heaven, God performs a miracle and he opens up heaven so Stephen can see in. And who does Stephen see? Jesus. Jesus, his Savior. The one who died on the cross to take all of his sins away. The one who promised that he was going up to heaven to prepare a place for him and all Christians. The the one who says he's controlling all things for his good, his eternal good. The one who rose from the dead, conquering the grave, which is Stephen's greatest enemy. He's looking at Jesus, his Savior. I wonder if if as heaven peels back and Stephen gets to take a sneak peek in, if he can see past Jesus, past God, and I wonder if he can see into heaven. I wonder what that looked like. I wonder if he could see the billions of Christians in the background who are now in heaven. 
I wonder if he saw the billions and billions of angels worshiping and praising God. I wonder if he could see on the faces of the people that they are just experiencing peace, joy, security forever. I wonder if you can take something as abstract as peace and and physically see peace on the faces of these people. I wonder if he saw the streets of gold that Revelation says are in heaven. But even if he could, nothing compared to the, the view of seeing his Savior smiling down on him, looking him in the eyes and smiling at him. That's what Stephen felt. Stephen felt that peace, that joy, that security that comes with seeing your Savior looking down on you, smiling at you. And so here you've got this just violent scene. You've got an angry mob, so furious that they're gnashing their teeth. And in the midst of it, Stephen has peace. He's got security. And he's got happiness because he sees his Savior smiling down on him. What would that be like for us? What would it be like if every day we fixed our eyes on heaven and through the eyes of our faith, we see Jesus smiling down on us every day? We're not expecting God to perform a miracle and open heaven for us. We're not expecting that. But what if through our eyes of faith, we see on the pages of Scripture, Jesus in heaven smiling down on us every day? What would that do for us? If every day I fixed my eyes on heaven and I saw Jesus there, then I wouldn't be anxious. Then I wouldn't be discontent, discouraged, hopeless, lonely, depressed about my circumstances in life. You see, when, when, when our eyes are fixed on heaven, our circumstances, our problems in this life may scream. They may be furious. It may be hard. And yet they shrink to seem very calm and mild. Because as our eyes are fixed on heaven, we receive a peace, a happiness, and security that this world cannot give. And yet, living in 21st century America, it's hard to constantly have your eyes fixed on heaven, isn't it? There are so many distractions in this life. And there are so many temporary fixes that we can quickly turn our attention to to take our eyes off of heaven. Right? I get anxious, I get worried, I, I get filled with fear, and what do I do? I, I turn my attention to whatever is temporary to quickly remove that fear and worry. I get discontent in, uh, with my circumstances, and so what do I do? I immediately change my circumstances. And I can do all this because everything is at the touch of a button for me. And if it requires more of a touch of a button, it's within my grasp to accomplish. And not that those things are bad. They're only bad when I, when I f- take my eyes off of heaven and I look 
for the fixing of my problems on earth. And that's where I find my peace, security, and happiness. Because those things can never truly bring you peace, security, and happiness. Only heaven can. Only heaven. And yet it's so easy to get distracted with our freedoms in this country, with the entertainment, with TV, with medical advances. It's easy for me to take my eyes off of heaven and fix them on temporary solutions. And yet it's only heaven and God's Word and Jesus who's up in heaven smiling down on me that can bring us true peace, security, and happiness. And what does this have to do with boldly proclaiming God's Word? Everything. Everything. When I take my eyes off of heaven, when my eyes aren't fixed on Jesus my Savior smiling down on me, two things happen. Number one, I lose urgency to spread God's Word because my eyes aren't fixed on heaven. I'm not thinking about heaven on a day-to-day basis. And so the urgency of spreading God's Word to other people isn't there. And number two, when I take my eyes off of heaven and I fix them down here, I look for things down here to help other people instead of heaven and, and bringing peace, security, and happiness from heaven to others. And yet there Stephen stood. And Stephen knew where peace, security, and happiness came from. It's from heaven. And he knew that the men standing in front of him who were so furious at him and angry with him, if they were to die at that moment, they were not going to heaven. They didn't have the peace, security, and happiness that he had. And so he boldly proclaimed God's word. And he did so because his eyes were fixed on heaven. And how did these people respond when they heard Stephen say, look, I see heaven open and I see Jesus standing there? How did they respond? (coughs) At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is something that's hard for us to relate to uh, living in America, isn't it? Uh, None of us are are threatened with our lives uh, when we preach God's word here in America. Sure, people might make fun of us, but to actually be killed for our faith, that's not something that we face on a day-to-day basis. In other parts of the country or a world? Absolutely. But not really here in America. And yet that's what happens. Stephen proclaims God's word, and these men get so angry, they drag him out to the city, literally pick up stones, and start throwing at, at him until he dies. And notice how Stephen responds. He doesn't say derogatory things to him. He doesn't respond in anger and yelling back at them. Instead, he prays out loud and says, Jesus, receive my spirit. And then, don't hold this sin against them. The same prayer Jesus said from the cross. And then he fell asleep, we're told. In the midst of this angry mob, 
with his eyes fixed on heaven, he boldly proclaimed God's word to the end. And when we are facing persecution for our faith, when we are facing pushback, the only way we can boldly proclaim God's word till the end is if we fix our eyes on heaven. And that's your next point. Fix your eyes on heaven to be bold until the end. Stephen knew that this life was not the end goal. He knew that the next life, heaven, is the end goal. And this life is just a journey to get us to heaven. Because this life is filled with sadness, it's filled with mourning, it's filled with crying and pain. But heaven is where we're going to spend eternity in joy and happiness, security, peace, uh, and the list could go on and on. And Stephen knew that the only way to get there was through Jesus, his Savior, who died for him, washed him clean in his baptism, and rose from the dead. And it's because of Jesus that Stephen stood there with peace, knowing that even if he lived, heaven was still his. Even if he died, heaven was still his. Nothing could separate him from heaven because of Jesus. And you take that peace with you wherever you go as well. No matter what happens in your life, no matter where you're at in the world, you have the peace of knowing that if you live, heaven is yours. If you die, heaven is yours because of Jesus. That's why at the end, it didn't say that he died, it said that he fell asleep. He fell asleep. He wasn't taking a nap, he actually died. But that's what death has become for Christians, for you and me, is simply sleep. Just as when we go to sleep at night, we fully expect to wake up in the morning, the same is true when we die. When we die, we fully expect God to raise us from the dead, and He will. Just like we wake up from a nap, we are going to wake up from death because Jesus has conquered death. Jesus has conquered death. And that means that your last breath here on earth is your first breath forever with Him in your eternal home that He's preparing for you right now where you will see Jesus every day of your life, every moment for eternity, you are going to see Jesus, the one who lived for you, the one who died on the cross to take away all of your sins that you have forgiveness, the one who was raised from the dead and conquered death so that your death has been conquered. He now controls death itself and He says, you will not keep my people down. I'm going to raise them to life and bring them to live with me forever in heaven. And it's because of Jesus that we can now say who Jesus is, what people have done to Him, and what He's done for them. Because it doesn't matter if we face pushback or not. Because what can anyone do to us? Take our life? So be it. We will live in heaven forever with Jesus. And so as we close out this series, I want, want you to do two things. Number one, I want you to fix your eyes on heaven. Fix your eyes on heaven every day. Fix them there and see through the eyes of your faith your Savior smiling down on you. Your Savior, who has taken away your sins, who has conquered death, is smiling down at you. And it's from Him that you receive peace, security, and happiness because He has promised you eternal life. And number two, boldly share your faith. Live it. Share it. So that more and more people may have this peace, security, and happiness that you have. May God be with us as we boldly proclaim His love and forgiveness to a world that so desperately needs it. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for conquering the grave. It is our greatest enemy. It is our greatest fear. And yet you have conquered it and you are in control of it. We thank you for the peace and security and happiness that you grant us every second of every day. And we ask you to help us to focus on you and to fix our eyes on you for it. Be with us this week uh, as we have distractions. Uh, Cast them away and, and help us to focus on you. Be with us always, Lord. Amen.